did you take a bong rip before you went? Last time I did. Last time you did. And. It wasn't good? It, I felt like it was, and that's what scared me. How <laughs> it scared you? That, like, I ripped, and then I was just, like, Rain Man. You were kind of like Rain Man. It was just, like, I, like, went into, like, a different, it was, like. You were, like, knew exactly what you were doing. It was, like, what you told me when you were with Chef. In, in my college. broadcasting class. I don't know what happens. It's, like, the weed is, like, a transporter to, like, a professional place for me. It is. It is. Which is, and, like, a lot of people don't understand that when I say, like, oh, I smoke a lot. Like, oh, man, I can't do anything when I smoke weed. And I'm like, no, like, I don't think you understand. Like, <laughs> it would, if I don't smoke weed, like, I'm ten times more spastic than I already am. And that's a lot of spasticity. Kit learned bartending from myself and my boyfriend, Mario. <laughs> and that was, how long ago was that? That was, like, three, four years ago. Yep. Yeah. I would say probably Three, between three to four. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was literally, she didn't even have a training shift. Nothing. No. It, and it was all, oh. all it was is, oh, we're short a bartender for a huge wedding that we have. It's like, you know, 200 people. And I was like, oh, I already know who's going to bartend with us. It's going to be Kit. We're taking her off the floor and the restaurant and she's coming with me. She, does she know how to bartend? I'm like, she will in a couple minutes. <laughs> And that's what it was. They're just like, you're going to bartend this? And I was like, okay. I literally taught everything she needed to know in a small course within 20 minutes. Yo, that girl was fire. It's... Obviously, she had skills before me. <laughs> but combined, oh my God, we had people, we had guests of this wedding taking pictures of us. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Oh yeah, we can post it on Instagram one day. Oh my God. I have this picture of that guy. Yes. Remember he wore his tie as like a yeah, oh, yeah. ninja? Well, they, God, they always do that. There's something about white men and weddings and taking the tie and tying it around their forehead. Just wear a sweatband. Just wear a sweatband. He was fun though. He was fun. He was fun. Older, older guy. Really nice. We we made mad money then. No, we did. And that's when I was like, I don't think I want to serve anymore. <laughs> yeah. A one bartending shift will do that for you. Yes. And then I really learned how to bartend on service bar, which I think is why I prefer working service bar. Because you just, service get, to bar, you just get to make drinks, you just get be to, fast. Yeah. It's a challenge for yourself and you don't have to talk to people. That's, I think that's why I like it. I think that's why I like it. It's just like you're working with yourself. You're in the, you're in the zone. You're in the groove. You don't have to put on like that face, you mm -hmm. know, for the guest. You can just be you and just do yeah. your thing. I will say that my small talk has come back quicker than I thought it would. I didn't think I was going to remember how to like interact with my guests as a bartender. And then I was just like, no, no, I got this. Wow. You were trained by two of the best. This is also true. This is also true. And then in the off season, Lou would train me because we were dead. That's right. I remember. Yeah. You like took home that like book. That bartending. Book. Yes, somebody else. And took you would that always part. ask me and Mario for like, okay, this is this, and what do you think about that? Like, you would ask questions. You don't get a lot of bartenders asking questions. Just a lot of, yeah, uh huh, or got it, got it. And some of them are always listening, but you, but majority of the time, I would say one out of three is serious about like if they want to learn. I think, and it's if you want to learn, you have a huge advantage over all the rest. I think it's because you and I don't like being bad at stuff. Yeah, I mean, and when you knew, we pretty I, much succeed in yeah. everything we do. And that's not to toot our own horn, but if you want something, you go and get it. 
and your effort to get there means a lot. Plus, being new at something automatically puts you, like, low. Like, you're you're an amateur, so then you yeah. feel like you have to double time to, Me like... Me and you take challenges very seriously. Yeah, yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. Yeah, you give us a challenge, and we're like, oh, we're going to prove you wrong, and then, like, triple times, come back at it. Like, yeah. be the best at what we can be. I mean, that's somebody who's very competitive. And boy, do we have that. Ooh. Sometimes to a fault. Like, sometimes it'll, yeah. like, it's, like, even, like, driving. Like, I'm just, like, nope, you're not gonna, you're not gonna pass me. Not, not today. Yeah, that's your one lane, terrifying thing. Your lane ends. Your lane ends. It's not my job to let you in. My lane's not ending. I'm gonna win this. Like, that. Like, I could probably ease up on that. Oh, you can, I can name, like, probably a few people on one hand that would like you to ease up on that. <laughs> Who's terrified? <laughs> Raise your hand. <laughs> Kids on the road. <laughs> the other day when I drove to Maze Landing with Jeff and Michaela at one point, Michaela was like, oh my God. And I was like, Michaela, it's fine. <laughs> I sympathize with them. <laughs> because I get so nervous driving to places that I'm going to be late, even though I leave with the appropriate amount of time, my anxiety. I If I got pulled over for speeding... I already have, like, my perfect plan. My parents always yell at me when I drive home to New York. And I have to lie about... Like, under two hours? Yeah, I have have to lie about the time that I really leave. Because if I'm honest about it... uh, Yeah, because everyone's concerned. (laughs) Everyone, okay? (laughs) If you're concerned, send us a text. (laughs) Let us know. We're a medium adult on Instagram, Facebook. Have you been personally victimized by my driving? If so, you may be entitled to emotional compensation. Please let her know. (laughs) I'm working on it. Welcome back to The Adults Are Speaking. We're your host, Kit. And Lisette. And today we are going to talk about odd jobs. But before we get into that, let's have a little catch up on our weeks. Okay, so just before we get into all of our weeks, I just wanted to let everybody know that last week was crazy. I felt so weird recording this and... (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. You already sound more comfortable and it... It's, listen, this is something new for both of us, and it's weird, and this is a good lesson for people, just because something feels weird and uncomfortable doesn't mean it's not worth you doing it and trying it and doing new things, stepping outside of your comfort zone. Growth happens outside of your comfort zone, and one week in, you already feel more confident and comfortable on the microphone. I mean, I really just force myself to do everything. To be honest with you, anything I come, like, obstacle-wise, that's, like, not anything I don't want to do, it's just forcing myself. And it's always that weird feeling, like, when you look back on it, it's like, wow, what the hell is that for? No reason. (laughs) Yeah. Like, getting anxious with the, like, putting off the big task. Yeah. And then you finally do it, and it's, like, 15 minutes, and you're like, oh, wow. Or sometimes it's even less than that. It could be, like, a one-minute, two-minute thing. Why are we pushing things off all the time? Because we're procrastinators. Because we love the challenge of a deadline. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. I do always wait last minute. (laughs) Why is that? Because I I really don't think I enjoy it. But I I always do my best work in that moment. Yes, yes. Because 
you know that you're capable of doing it in advance, but there's that rush of like, oh, will they, won't they, can we finish it? Yes, we can. And we do. (laughs) Thus far. (laughs) Yeah, thus far. Thus far, it's treated us kindly. And, like, any times I feel like we failed, we've always failed, like, amongst ourselves or, like, our group of friends. And it's like, okay, well, we all fail together with each other, like, all the time. Yeah. So it's like, we're the one that are, like... Okay. Yeah, it's easy. You can do that with me. Yeah, it's easier when <laughs> you're... Don't, don't do it around. You're professional. No, you know? no, no, no. When your friends help break your fall. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a nice little landing zone. And speaking of friends, um, <clears throat> yeah, we're going to address the issue. I may be older than I look and act because I got hacked on Instagram like the old people do. I fell for an Instagram hack and I've been fighting with a man from Nigeria for a week to regain control of my Instagram account. After I was hacked, he messaged every single person that I'm friends with on Instagram for their phone number and then asked them for money, but he was posing as me. And I would just like to take a moment to thank everyone who A, responded to me (laughs) Um, or any of my friends with great concern for my well-being and being ready to give me the money anyways. Uh, sorry for all my friends who had their Instagram accounts hacked and changed into cryptocurrency Bitcoin accounts. This Th- is wild. Thomasine, I'm especially sorry for you. Uh, I miss sending you Bravo memes. Uh, we'll get back to it, girl. Don't worry. Uh, I would like to apologize to every guy that thought I was shooting my shot with them. Uh, I wasn't. It was a man from Nigeria. And I'm sorry that your Instagram accounts got hacked, too. Uh, I'm sorry for my friends who had to take messages from people on behalf of me. And mostly I'm sorry for everyone that's getting friend requested by my new account because Instagram isn't important in life. Like, it's not, like, it's social media, and social media isn't, like, the end-all to be-all. But I do use my personal social media to promote medium adult and reach, like, a good amount of people. So that's that's the reason that I'm butthurt. But like I said, I've been waging war against this man for a week. I did call him from Chev's Instagram and just shriek into the phone for, like, 13 seconds uh, until he hung up. Monica did the same thing at our house. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, a big thank you to everyone who knew that I was hacked and just talked shit to the man. Like I said, Instagram isn't important, especially when you think about like what's going on in the world right now. But like, sometimes you have to lighten the mood. And if me getting hacked on Instagram can lighten the mood at all, then I'm all, I'm all for the content. I'm all for the content. This is wild. Why? Is the, is it a monetary, like, uh... Yeah, I don't know what they think they're going to get, like, from, like uh, from the hack. Because they can't And then hacking everybody else's. Not like we have, like, a million followers. Not like our friends well, who he's talking to has a million followers. So what is the goal here for I him? I mean, you know? I didn't want to make a big deal out of this, but this is, this is doing wonders for my ego. Like, if I got hacked, <laughs> does, like, that mean I'm a micro-influencer? Maybe. Wow. Maybe. Well, no, I'm just dumb enough to answer a fucking message. <laughs> Somebody else was that we're friends with, they were like, oh, 
kid asked me for money. Do you think she's okay? I'm like, what? <laughs> and I don't you I haven't been on social media. Like I, I am sparingly there here and there. I have accounts, yes, but I peek in like maybe once to every one to two weeks. No, I'm, let, <laughs> so I was. Let's be honest. I was good. <laughs> we said only had social media on her burner backup phone. <laughs> that is true. So, oh my god! It, yeah, I haven't put it on my new phone. She, yeah, it's not like a true. I mean, I'm going to turn it into a true burner phone. I mean, it is a it burner is, phone. Yeah. Much. So yeah, we can do with it what we please. Uh, and I do have the man from Nigeria's phone number, so I'm not putting it out there, but I'm also putting it out there, sir. I have she your might be phone coming number. after you. Yeah. Watch out. You're going to get God because <laughs> I don't have the time, but I'll make the time. I grew up with older brothers. Nobody can be more annoying than me. Like, I am the world's l- like little annoying sister, and I'm going to win this battle with this man. But... There's something else that I wanted to talk about in addition to me being hacked on Instagram and it's hot dog season. Okay. It's time to get your glizzies and enjoy your hot dogs. But I have an an issue with the sodium nitrate industry. And (laughs) that is why isn't it ever the same amount of hot dogs and buns? Like you get your pack of hot dogs and it's either four or six hot dogs and you get your pack of buns and it's always eight buns. So what are you going to do with your leftover buns? Because really it's not like it's a piece of bread and you can eat a sandwich with it. I mean, you could, but like, whatever, I would judge you. You, you're not making lobster rolls at home. Like, so what do you do with the leftover hot dog buns? Or do you have to go and do like a multiplication table? Like if there's four hot dogs in a pack, do you have to get four packages of hot dogs and two packages of buns? That just seems like a lot of math to do. Oh, that's fucking how it always is. Are they like in cahoots or some shit? They have to be. They have to be. (laughs) Like, do do they pay each other off? They're doing backdoor (laughs) deals. Of course they are. The hot dog industry is full of snakes. We actually should, like, look into this and see if, like, the same people own, like, the bun company versus the dogs. Yeah. And this you is know? where the burner phone comes in. Perfect. <laughs> it, see, it all comes around tenfold. <laughs> it circles back. Everything will make sense eventually. The hot dog buns. You know, and I've always thought about this, but I never actually, like, brought it up no, to it, somebody. D- <laughs> I don't it, think. It, it, or maybe I did once, you know, but... You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I had to buy, I bought some hot dogs the other day because we just passed Memorial Day weekend and I was prepping for it. And yeah, I had to buy twice as many. Right. Just because, because well, there's no ratio. No. Or, and like, you know how you can go to a bakery and get like a loose roll? How come you can't get loose buns? Why can't we, why can't we um, get Lucy's on hot dog buns? Obviously. That shit is like regulated that's regulated. a business idea right there open up a bakery and just sell single hot dog and hamburger buns buy them individually and stick it stick it to the stick it to the industry <laughs> the man that's right we're always trying to stick it to the man Ah, oh, okay so this week our topic is odd jobs and jobs in general i have had a very colorful job history myself and There's definitely benefits to working each type of job, but we're going to get into the details a little bit more and kind of explore, explore our job history, more specifically my job history. I mean, 
I worked for a Scientologist. I worked in a funeral home. Like I've, I've done some weird stuff and that should be surprising to absolutely nobody listening to this. But I do. Yeah. I would say hands down the weirdest job I ever had was when I worked in a dentist office as the financial coordinator. So my job is basically just to make sure that people paid their bills, set up payment plans and keep track of like my boss's like business finances, like all good and well. I thought it was weird that they wanted me to wear scrubs to work. I didn't think that that was like a, a job requirement for somebody. Yeah, who was, that is kind of weird. Okay. Like, were you in the front desk or like people ever like every day could see you? Yeah. And they wanted me to be in scrubs. Do you know you why? You weren't in like a formal do you know, dress? Do you know why they wanted me to be in scrubs? Why? In case I had to go into a room and like lend a hand. I said, I'm not like qualified to stick my so hand. So were they all in scrubs too? Dude, they were what all. What kind of funeral home is this? Oh no, this is the <laughs> dentist office. Oh, no, like, it's we'll totally misunderstood. I was like, that. "What do you mean?" I was like, "We want him to go in there in someone's mouth with a tux." <laughs> okay, no, normal doctors' offices yeah. do this. Okay, yeah, I get you. I but like, you. I just didn't see why it was important for the financial yeah. coordinator to I have understand. scrubs. They wanted me to have scrubs on in case I had to go in. Right. Like, I'm not qualified to. to right. I'm not qualified <laughs> to stick my hand in someone's mouth. Look, well, you can stick. Did wait, you wait. have to stick your hand in? I refused to do it. So then, why make you go in scrubs? Well, exa- well, they kept trying to push me to do it, and I said no. And then one day, I was making copies of his credit card statements, and I saw a very hefty donation to a place that rhymes with the schmirch of schmology. <laughs> and I said, I don't think this is for me. Uh, every morning you had to circle up and he would do like a reading from the book of L. Ron Hubbard. Get out of here. No, I no. Yeah. And one of my friends told me that there is like a pipeline directly between the merch of Myanmology and dentistry because they created something to help dentists market their practices with knowing that the ADA is part of this. I, I don't know how high up it goes, yeah. but once oh, again, <laughs> we need the burner phone. We sure do. We sure do. So there's, there's, there's a pretty heavy link in between the church and dentistry because of the marketing thing. So they would get all of these dentists to go to like conferences and all of these things under the guise of dentistry. But it turns out that they just wanted them to become members of their church. So that was a weird experience. That was a weird time. And Lisette did mention my time working in a funeral home. I didn't work for a funeral home. I just worked in a funeral home. And my boss had several businesses and he just spearheaded them all out of the basement of the funeral <laughs> home. So I forgot about that one key detail. Yeah, that's a pretty big <laughs> fucking detail. All of his businesses operated from the basement of his funeral home. I was... Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I was doing, like, marketing and, like, appraisal work for, like, his home appraising business. Um, and he had, like, a real estate business. He had a funeral home. He was, he, had, he, had a, he was juggling a lot of balls. For the longest time, every time I walked into the funeral home, I had to walk by the embalming room to go downstairs... And there was the biggest jar of pickles outside of the embalming room I'd ever seen in my life. 
And I didn't ask anyone, like, for clarification. I just assumed that the jar of pickles was there so that when they came out of the embalming room, they could sniff the jar of pickles to get the smell of dead person out of their nose. So finally, I worked up the guts to ask them, like, if that was right. And they said no. They just hadn't moved the pickles. <laughs> I don't know. I was kind of half thinking, like, pickles weren't pickles. Oh! Something else, you know? I like that. that. No, but, no, like, I mean, like, not like that, but, like, oh. an organ or something. Yeah. I don't know, you know? Yeah, no. I like, hadn't even thought of that, but, yeah. I don't know. I just, like, wasn't... <laughs> Like, who leaves a fucking jar of pickles anywhere? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's it was on a ramp where they're wheeling, like, caskets right. up and down. Like, come on. Have like, some... who is that jar of pickles for? I, I'll tell you what, pickles are my favorite food. I wouldn't touch. Those pickles are haunted <laughs> with spirits of loved ones. Yeah. Who knows but what else? the weirdest, there was two specific incidents at this job that, like, stick out to me. And the first is when I would be the only person in the building and I would have to go upstairs to sign for packages and I'd have to walk through the funeral parlor. And one day they didn't tell me that they had like picked up a body and brought it in and it like wasn't in the casket yet. So I was going to sign for a package and I'm walking through the parlor and I just like come smack dab to just like a stiff dead body on a stretcher. Yeah, that's... Yeah, you can't... No, no, but this also, side note, a benefit of this job was I always had fresh flowers. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't know. Don't after a while, like it feel like you smell that fresh flower smell and it's like just reminds you of the funeral home. I mean, now that I'm going to think about that, yeah, but I just... Because <laughs> like, I feel like every time... Like, that's a certain smell. It like, is. In the, it's a stale smell in the funeral, but yeah. it's overcome with this, like, beautiful blooms. This is... Like, yeah. all these different kinds. It's a lot of lilies. It's a lot of... Whatever. Carnations. I feel like of, it, any type of, like, like a hydrangea, like, any type of yeah. white, like, any... I feel like a white bouquet is just like sorry i hope that your loved one a lot of roses and stuff you know yeah you you smell that and and i only remember this because um one of the last like funerals that i had gone to it had happened like within the family we got to take like all those flowers home yeah because like they don't keep them and the house like had this certain smell and then i remembered every single time i went like to a funeral or anywhere else that had a lot of flowers like that that's the first thing that like stuck out to me. Oh, that's right. That was that smell. You know? Yeah. And I know that's weird, but I, no, I don't, maybe it's weird. I it's don't not because there, your nose, because it's in the center of your face, it's connected to your brain in a different way, which is why your sense of smell is so strong and associates with memories. Yeah, I mean, I still like the smell of flowers and yeah. stuff. It doesn't didn't give me like I love plants. I, I love all that. Yeah. So it's just like this very distinct, overwhelming smell of flower, especially this scent. It's whatever the flowers that they're using to build these bouquets. And I'm sure it's like maybe a set of like three to five different specific types, you know? Yeah. And that's what it is. Um, or it's probably also different when they're all blooming like in the wild, you know? Yeah, because a Where lot you get, of... like the sense of grass like in there as well. Like a fresh cut lawn. A lot of times the families would would take like the bigger arrangements and the smaller ones would be left behind. So like, obviously I made sure to get rid of the card. No, I'm kidding. They took the cards. (laughs) That's (laughs) fucked up. Um, But, and I would get like the smaller arrangements that were left behind. And I didn't mind because I always had fresh, nice flowers, but I looked at it as, you know, the flowers were going to die too. 
So at least they got no, to be enjoyed. No, and they should. I mean, same thing with, with weddings yeah. as well. You know, all those flowers, all those bouquets, all the decorations that are around, they literally just being someone who has worked weddings, like as a bartender, like the, the bride and groom, like they're going on vacation the yeah, next day. Yeah, they're they, not. Where are they going to, like, unless they gift it to like individual people, which is a lot of work probably. And, yeah. You know, like it, those things essentially go in the trash. So... You know, it's nice to like just pass it on. Put it, give it to somebody who might take it. Yeah, pay it forward. Pay it forward. Give it to somebody who you know will take it and enjoy it. And a lot of times that can be like people who work at the weddings. Could be somebody you just met. I don't know. Could be anybody. Yeah, and at that point in the evening, you're probably so drunk you just want less stuff to have to worry about the next day. So I bet you that they all save their bridal bouquet, but they probably don't give a shit about the rest. Oh, yeah. The bridal bouquet, you gotta. They probably, like, freeze-dry it. Yeah, probably now. But lasts. back in the day, they would, like, pack it in a box, you know? Oh, yeah. This was, like, you keep, like, the first slice of cake, you gotta keep the bouquet. Oh, yeah. That's just a lot of stuff to have to worry about. Yeah, That's probably why I'm not getting married. You have to worry about the first slice of cake for the next year. That seems like a lot to be responsible for. <laughs> no. All right. So the other time at the funeral home... This one is absolutely ridiculous. I had hit a deer with my car, and the only car they had available to rent was a minivan. So, I mean, it was a souped-up minivan. I'm not going to lie. It had the double electric sliding passenger doors in the back. It had the captain seating. I had a booming sound system. So, like, yes, was I driving around in a minivan for a week? I was. But, like, was I probably the coolest mom that would go pick up her kids from school? Oh, no doubt. So I went to work one day, and my boss said, hey, is that your minivan parked outside? And I said, yeah. And then he said, we just got a call to go pick up a body. Can I take the minivan? And I said, like, no, I don't think I took, like, dead body insurance out on it. That is just straight creepy. Like, I tell you what, one thing they have, it's the audacity. Have you no shame? No, the answer was no. That man had that man was running four businesses out of the basement of a funeral home. Shame was low on the list for him. <laughs> like I yeah. had my rose-colored glasses on, like just ignoring red flags, like I always do. Like, ooh, wow! <laughs> and then that came. Can I use your minivan yeah. to carry a yeah. dead body? And I was like, I don't think that like I should work here anymore. <laughs> And I have, I have, a, I have a lot of anxiety, like about like letting people down. Like I'm a very, for such a bitch, I'm, I actually am like a people pleaser, and I do worry about letting people down. <laughs> so I was like trying to find like a delicate way to be like, I don't think I'm coming back. And then that happened, and I was like, No, I think this is going to be easier than I thought. I think that's insane. So those, yeah, those were probably the instances that stick out to me the most. Like I've had plenty of like office jobs in that lifestyle too but like what what about you lisa i've really always worked in the restaurant industry and yeah i first started out serving then bartending there was a instance where i did work as a personal assistant it was during the time of like you know it was a big time of craigslist you know i live so close to new york city you know i would see these like posts all the time for personal assistants and you'd have to like you know kind of sift through them it's also the time where it's like 
oh, um, we're looking for models to entertain guests and stuff like that. It was like probably Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein times. Oh, like, you know, for oh, sure. Yeah, like, we they, were, who knows? That could have been her, like, we were, posting those things. We were headed to the island. Craigslist was all about that. One of them, I sifted through and found like a. It was a medical clinic, and uh, they were looking for a manager for to for three of their stores. But like you know, a Gal Friday type deal, like where you're just like running errands yeah. and like doing like a little bit of marketing and a little bit of like office like clerical stuff. Oh, you no, and and that's the nice way to say you'll be doing the job of four people. Yeah, you're somebody's bitch. Yeah, you're much. you're gonna be a personal assistant. You're gonna be a marketing person. You're gonna be a secretary. You're going to be a confidant. Yeah. That was exactly that. And, like, I even had to pick up his, like, 22-year-old girlfriend. This man was, like, probably 46 or so. And I would have to pick her up and their kid and drive them. Oh, my God. To the doctors. Kelsey Kelsey Grammer (laughs) and Alec Baldwin. It was a a little strange, like, the whole thing. It was a little strange. Dudes in their 50s having babies. They, like, my first week there, he's like, oh, we're doing a company fishing trip, you know? And I was like, what? How many people are in the company? It was, you know, like, eight of us. (laughs) Literally. Out of three offices. Like, maybe ten of us. And I was like, "But, but I was like, like on, I was like, what? Wow, this place is awesome. I've been working here for a week and like now we get to go on a fishing trip, a deep sea fishing trip. How cool. And I like got there, like I arrived and I was like, oh damn, like I didn't get to stop at like a liquor store because they were closed. Like I would have grabbed beer for everybody. And they all looked at me like in silence. And oh, I was no. like, what? I was like, oh, did I say something wrong? And the one guy, like, everybody kind of just, like, laughed, like, ha, 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 ha. And then one guy came over to the side of me and said, we're all in AA and NA. Like, the oh whole group. God. And I was oh like, well, God. what the fuck? Nobody told me that when you were oh I was hired. Like, I'm totally fine with that, but why didn't, but like, why yeah, didn't like, tell I, I wouldn't have opened with alcohol. <laughs> yeah. This is like, I literally met you guys three days ago as the manager, your boss, and nobody told me that. Oh, like, no. So I felt like, again, it was not a problem. Like, that's fine, but. I associate fishing with beer, at least, you know? I, yeah, because being, I think our, we associate just, like, being on the water with, like, yeah, relaxing. It's a vacation. Yeah, That's having a couple cold ones and just in, taking in. And it was down at the Jersey Shore and everything. Yeah. I don't know. It just felt, either way, nobody held it against me. Everyone, like, most well, of them. Yeah. These were pretty cool people, you know? They were, they laughed it off, you know, very nicely. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And uh, it actually turned out that trip, I won uh, the pool fish on the boat. All right. Pool fish, if you don't know, means the biggest Biggest, fish that was caught. And I won, like, I think 400 bucks in the pool. All right. Yeah, it was awesome. It was not bad. I couldn't tell you, like, how much it weighed or... What, didn't want to get it mounted? Oh, no. No. We caught, like, a million of these fish. Oh. And we, like, donated them to, like, the dock. Like, like, there were people, like, buying fish like off the dock like he's when we got back trust the gordon's fishermen <laughs> but the guy next to me caught a tuna and Ooh. that was worth money wow oh it's bluefish you guys were doing like real deep sea deep sea like... deep sea it was it took us three hours to get out there just oh. to arrive to like three three and a half just oh, to arrive to where we it was off jersey you have to go far yeah you do 
So, yeah, it was blue fish. And this is a very fishy fish. Yeah. You'd have to put, like, a lot of orange and lemon all over oh, it very, in order to get that acidic. taste Yeah, out. I get that, yeah. So we just kind of, you know, I, I kept two. All right. And just gave, like, the rest to, like, I guess, uh, I guess it goes to restaurants. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, that makes sense. But probably the... The, the guy m- who took us out in the boat, like, charges yeah. them something. Uh, I hope know. so. Yeah. Nobody's doing anything So I guess free. it's kind of like my tip. Just You're welcome. Because it was a lot of fish, I thought. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, fishing seems like, for team building exercises, which, like, are usually terrible yes. and awful, deep sea fishing seems like that. You this know was why? Because you got to be competitive. And, yes. And, and, and I love that. And, and it took me an hour and a half to reel in this fish, by the way. That's oh how big he was. God. I looked at the guy who was trying to, like, gaff it. Which means yeah. like to like stab, stab it, it yeah. and shit. And I looked at him and I was like, after after like an hour and fifteen, he, I was like, I can't do it anymore. Like my arm is going to fall off. You don't understand. Like it's burning and about to break. And he said, "You got this." Literally, only ten more minutes. My God, just like by like, God, like he was labor. right, and he helped me just. <laughs> it was like somebody yeah. in labor. Yeah. You got to keep pushing, <laughs> and you every, can't stop. And the whole boat was like watching me do this, like yeah, so. Hopefully, from the waist up. Thank God, I won four hundred bucks. Like, what the fuck? I better. Yeah, an hour and a half of your life. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> it's a good pay rate. Uh, but it was a great time. It was a great time. Let's get back on topic. Yeah. Here. Oh like, yeah. You know, ADHD weird jobs or whatever. Real. I know it is. So I didn't know that they were all like N.A. or A.A. And I don't know. I just started like seeing that this guy was just like weird in the way he behaved to everybody. Like he would just. And so HCG, it was an HCG clinic. And pretty much what that is, is it's a chemical that women who are pregnant, it's a hormone that they produce. And this uh, hormone is like really healthy for you, really good for you. And it can help you lose weight. And I guess he was, like, promoting it in a way where, like, it was just, like, a quick weight loss theme. Like, telling me, like, oh, I'm running low on money and we have, like, lots of bills to pay. So put out a huge sale, like, on this and the, take out, like, a couple ads in the newspapers. And re- and I want you to specifically write weight or weight loss fast or, you know, something along target, the lines target of this. Target the most vulnerable audience. Yeah. And, and I would biggest insecurities yeah and like when you give these people their paperwork to sign like at the front desk because i would have to prepare the packets and stuff like it's literally like a whole thing and they don't like they went over the basic well they went over the gist of it yeah, but, but i don't know scouring it. it just seemed like we had a lot of clients who were just in there for the quick fix and it just felt like weird for me anything but <clears throat> diet and exercise that's yeah that's the way and i just felt like he was just anytime like like he would even get caught up like paying like you know, me at one point, my salary, you know, even other employees, you know, and he would be like, oh, I have to pay you this person and this person. So let's sell this many of, of our stock so I can give you guys this money. And then, okay. And it was like, wow, why are we running the company like this? This is ridiculous. This doesn't seem like the best way. Yeah. To and you're taking it. care of like, you're, you're taking advantage of these people who are in NAAA because like they all work hospital jobs and the hospital industry is very like, they're on to you, like, with that kind of stuff. They want to make sure their employees are good. They were on probation, and you're, like, kind of just taking exploiting advantage of them. them. Yeah, yeah, exploiting them. Eventually, I just told him, listen, I can't have a part of this anymore. I want my money now. Give it to me in a week, and otherwise I'm going to talk to the people who invested in you. Like, this sucks. And he oh, just it's... immediately paid me the next day. Must have run a sale. But <laughs> <laughs> took some ads out. <laughs> yeah. Really like, made made it worth made it worth it for him. Yeah, but I couldn't be a part of that anymore. I felt really bad, and I told all the 
people who I really got to know there, you yeah. know, like the, I mean, it was only like 10 people. So yeah. like I got to know them and I explained like what was going, like obviously they knew and I told them, I was like, listen, it's not right. Some understood, some didn't. Yeah. Or, you know, defending him like almost, you know. vulnerable. I just don't. And what I just told, it? but they, everyone was fine with me. You know, they were like, yeah. all right, you know what? I understand. It's okay. What is it? Munchausen's when you fall in love with your abuser? Yeah, that's exactly what it they is. They all have the Munchausen's. Yeah. I mean, not all of them, but half of them for sure. Or just ignorant yeah. to it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, it's better for me to look away than to address it, you know? Which is what happens like a lot in jobs is that people don't want to like rock the boat that be because everyone has been conditioned to make their job like their entire identity, which I think we both have a problem with, especially in our line of work. Like we both work in the service industry. So that's like shift work. It's it's not your typical nine to five. Which they both have those aspects of, like, this can happen in that. In that. But, like, when you work a 9 to 5, regardless if your work is done or not, like, you're clocking out at 5 and, like, shift work just doesn't, like, end like that. Like, you know what time you're going in. You have no idea what time you're getting out. And you just hope for the best. And that has its, like, advantages and disadvantages like everything does. But it sucks when so much emphasis is put on, like making your job like so much of your identity because so many people are working jobs they'd rather not but they need a paycheck they need to be able to pay their bills and if you have families to provide for your families so you have to make decisions that you wouldn't necessarily make if you had more freedom to choose and be a little more I don't know a little more selective about what you do like I understand if you have a family to take care of that you have to do what you have to do to provide for them. And sometimes that means you have to work a job that you don't want to because we live in a society that is ruled by capitalism. But I'm not going to lie. I'm selfish. I have myself to look after for. And I, I'll take shift work over a nine to five for, for who I am as a person yeah. and how I operate. I'll, I'll take shift work. And, you know, there's probably a lot of people, like, I agree with you, Kit, for sure, about that. That's why I mostly do. Mostly. But there's a lot of people who would say the other way, you know, around. And I get that. You know? And, um, and I get that, too. Some people like that structure. Some people like that, like, real yeah. solid... I know what's going to happen, like... Yeah, they need the day Every day. Or, or the gist of it, I yeah. guess, at least, you know? And with that comes security. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. You know? Our industry, our side, is kind of, like, spontaneous and... It... I... You never know what's going to happen. I want to say this in the in the nicest way possible, but I feel like that's why we thrive in it, because we're so similar to our industry, where, like, it's going to be chaotic... Yeah. It's going to be a lot happening at once. It's, you're going to be doing 10 different things. They're going to be running through your head. It's You're going to feel like there's so much pressure on you to do it. But, like, once again, you put it in perspective. Like, we're not cutting open anyone's brain. Our job feels serious because we deal with people a lot. And if you've ever gone out to eat and thought you were the only person in a bar, I want to tell you to fuck off. <laughs> I have no good advice for you. I think you're a piece of shit. (laughs) Have patience. Be nice to the people that are serving you. Be nice to the bartenders that are working their ass off. Be nice to the people that are hustling. Be nice to the busboy. Be nice to the food runner. 
I think nothing's more disrespectful than when you go out and you treat people that are serving you or people that are in the service industry as if they're beneath you because you think because you punch a nine to five job that you're somehow higher up in the chain of life than I am. And I've had, and I know you have as well, like we've had people look down on us for doing this for, I mean, I've always kept a job in a restaurant since I was 13 years old. I've had a job in a restaurant, whether it was my full-time, part-time through college, I worked in restaurants. Like I've always been in the industry. It's been, fuck, 20 years. Holy shit. Yeah. 20 years in the industry in one way or another. And it's amazing to me that people still don't look at it as real work. It is kind of wild, and the money that you can make, like, in this industry is a lot, but as most people would definitely agree, like, it's almost like the unconventional route. It is. Oh, no, it, it definitely is the unconventional route. And But people, I think, who always follow the conventional route or just are rooted in that thought or idea, they think that you're making peanuts when actually you could be making either more or just as comparable to what they're doing. Yeah. Depending on where you are, depending what you strive for. Again, we are people who rise to the challenge. We are people who push ourselves. Once I bartended like all over North Jersey for several years, I was like, Oh my God, there's nowhere else for me to advance to. I've done it all. I've done clubs. I've done, restaurants i've done dive bars i've done cocktail bars like what else is there and new york city's right across the river okay that's my that's my space that's my alaska yeah (laughs) you know it's my last frontier like at least for this area you know i conquered that did that for 10 years or nine years really and i was like what what is i hit that that line where it was like okay well i'm kind of bored right now i need something else i need something different what's What's the next challenge for me you know, and I had to f- take some time and figure that out for myself. But yeah, that's what it is. And there are so many benefits to working in this industry, just as there's benefits to working in any industry. I think that if you, like Lisa said, if you're self-motivated and you're a hard worker, you know the places in your area that are money-making places. If you really want to like be at the top of your game, even if it's not what you thought you'd be doing... Go out and challenge yourself to go work at a place that you don't think you could or go bartend at a bar that you think is out of your league because we can't stress this enough. Nobody knows what they're doing. Everyone is pretending. So you go there and you fake it until you make it. Nobody, nobody knows what they're doing. No job, whether it be in the service industry, whether it be in your field of study for school, whether it be something you went to trade school for, whether it just be a job that you want to do, don't ever talk yourself out of doing it because you don't think you're qualified for it. Yeah, that's the first mistake to do is if you start doubting yourself. If you are, something inside you is calling you to that or just like you're curious or whatever, why should you, just because of other people, decide to ignore that? Oh, because it's shunned or whatever, or uh, they're, they're not approving. This is not... No, they don't run your life. They don't live in your shoes. Do what's going to make you happy. And even if it doesn't make you happy in the long run, so what? At least you don't have any of these regrets later on that you did not explore this option. That's exactly what it's about. That's the worst thing that you could do is to just not give yourself the chance. Those are great points made. And 
is one thing that we have always stressed about in, for medium adult is just like there are going to be times in life where you do things that don't make sense to other people and you're going to have to learn to be okay with that. You're going to have to learn to be okay with being misunderstood or being kind of ostracized or outcasted for something that you believe in. And like, that's okay. Like, yeah. it's okay. The people that love you are going to love you regardless. And the people that don't were never meant to stay in your life. And sometimes it's people that you thought would be there forever. And sometimes you meet people who feel like they've been there forever and exactly. you're going to find your right people who don't care because once again your job does not make up your entire identity your job is something you do it's not who you are and all of it doesn't really i mean it matters to an extent but to be honest with you the changing of the jobs the changing of the friends it it matters it's going to define you but it, it's not going to be whatever you end up to be what you want to be no. is what you will end up to exactly. be. Exactly. Nobody's going to be at your funeral being like, remember when Mikey worked those three line cook jobs? <laughs> exactly. Because you couldn't. They're going to make, they're going to talk about the memories. Yeah. The things they're that not, they, like, you know, no, the, the, the raw moments. Yeah. Nobody cares if you had a couple years where you worked a job that like wasn't like aesthetically appealing enough. You just, you need to learn to be okay with it. And I say that to myself as well, because I think I have struggled for a long time with people looking down because I went to college and it was expected of me to have like a certain type of job, but like that's, that's not And honestly, every, real. I think that everybody should at least have some sort of job in hospitality at least once I, in their life I agree whether it you. be for like a one month three months whatever you should have a job where it's just hospitality where you get to see how people treat you this is going to give you such a great basis to start out you got to do it when you're young and just i don't know it, you need that you need that it it's, it's like you, a reality check it gives you a bigger lens to view life through yes and it is first of all it's humbling as fuck because <laughs> I don't care who you think you are or how hot you think your shit is. You go work a service job and let some Karen like bite you down to size and, yeah. you, and you can't say a single word back. You talk mm. about a lesson in grace and patience. Mm. Yeah. It's tough. It is tough. And like, imagine what everybody went through, like these hospitality workers through the pandemic. You know, this was a really tough two, three years, last three years. I know? thought people were going to get nicer. And, and in the <sighs> beginning, they were. In the beginning, in the first, first beginning, when we first opened back up and, like, people were just, like, happy to be out of their house. But I'll, I'll tell you what has stuck with me all throughout the pandemic was when we first went back to work and people complained their drinks weren't strong enough. Mm -hmm. And we had to explain to everyone that they had been home making their own drinks for three months. Yeah, that's And, like, true. their measurements were different than ours. Like, they'd be like, I just don't think this drink is strong. And I, and I would say, well, is this your first time being out of the bar in three months? Yeah. And I'd say, well, I measure, like, the cocktail. Like, yep. when you were drinking during COVID, you were, you were measuring with your heart. Yeah. Really? You're imagining, or what, I mean, was what else it? could we yeah, all what do? Else you know, and I, I everybody became a professional yeah, bartender, yeah. so everybody had something to fucking say when they finally got into a real bar. Yeah, I'm not mad at you for doing you on that. I'm just stating the facts, man. Like you were home giving yourself like four ounce pours, and it wasn't a freaking martini. Like you were making some heavy drinks. 
boy, oh boy. We actually should have a bunch of our bartender friends like come on and give us their best experience of bartending in the life of pandemic. Something like that. That would be kind of cool, actually. It aged us. I feel like bar yeah. bartending in the age of the pandemic was like dog years. <laughs> it was a quick seven. It was a quick seven. <laughs> it was a quick seven. Oh, man. But you know what? It was fruitful. We survived. It was great. Hey, we I think fun. a lot of that stuff made me stronger. Yeah. It, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, that's what you do. <laughs> that's what, yeah. Yeah. You let all of these weird, odd jobs you had, like, you let them, first of all, you let them make you funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you find, like, you the learn. humor in it, and you, you learn from it. You, you take bits and pieces from all of these things, and, like, that becomes the puzzle of your life. Like, all of these things are happening and shaping you. It makes like, you more aware. You're just a better equipped, better adapted. They kind of mold you to where you need to be. Oh, it's okay yeah. to have that weird job. Yeah, it is. It is. Like, I we promise you, you're not less of a person because you spent some time working a job that, let's be honest, you let society talk you into thinking wasn't good enough. And once again, I'm speaking to myself on this because we're still learning. We're still learning too. Like Every we're, day. We're not like pros at anything, but we're definitely giving ourselves the space to try. You have to. Otherwise, where would you be? Doing nothing. Sitting no. at home, doing nothing. Doing nothing. Nobody knows what they're doing. No. <laughs> they sure don't. They sure don't. So last week, we talked about having different segments on the podcast and introducing you to different parts of our friends, of ourselves. So this week, we're going to introduce our first segment on air, and it's called Last Call. We kind of touched on it a little bit, but Last Call is just a funny space for us to talk about things that happen to us in our jobs. Like, we talked about us being bartenders. We see and hear a lot of stuff. If you've ever been out to a bar, I want to let you in on a secret. You don't have to try to make your bartenders like you. It's our job to like you. We like you. We like you. People love to confess the weirdest stuff to their bartenders. They love to ask bartenders weird questions as if we're like exhibits in a museum. It's true. And I just, it's weird. It's it's weird, but I like it because I like weird stuff. Last week, I had a man ask me um, if I went to college for bartending. I said, yeah, I went to Harvard with a dead straight face. <laughs> And everyone else at the bar laughed, and I think that, and I think that made the man realize that like was he alone or he was with his wife, so even worse for what him. What was her reaction? She laughed at him. <laughs> at him. At him. I mean, I did go to college for journalism and creative writing, so basically, yeah, I did go to college for bartending. But that's he. That man didn't know that. But so, what was his reaction? Uh, he, he did he, he like start asking more questions, or did he no, just shut down? He immediately shut down. Aw. I mean, yeah. I hate that, but still. But like, still, like, I I said it in a cheeky way. What did you make him? Uh, like, he, you didn't just give him a beer, right? No, it was like a crush. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. I made him a crush, which is like a really popular drink down here. It's some type of flavored vodka, triple sec, fresh squeezed juice, and either top of the Sprite or club soda. The which great one did debate. An orange, classic orange man. Brush. A classic man. A classic man with classic taste. Maybe that was his compliment to you. Maybe. But I didn't love it. 
Well, tone is everything, guys. We don't know what the tone is here, so. Yeah, tone tone and delivery are really important. And that's coming from somebody who has to, like, reiterate that they're being serious because my tone is just an always sarcastic tone. So I have to, like, remind people, like, no, I'm being genuine. Like, I just always sound sarcastic. Sorry. It's just another thing we're working on. Yeah, we're working on it. We're always trying to evolve. We're always working on stuff. We're working on it. Our plate is full of stuff we're working on. What's your last call? Do you have any wild encounters over the holiday weekends? I had a great weekend. I yeah. don't know. It was Morally Weekend, and it was it was fantastic. It was busy. I mean, Friday, it was like, well, first of all, okay. So a little context here. I've been waiting for my outside bar to open up, and uh, some shit happened. We couldn't open up. So... Literally, Friday was the first time I bartended in about six, seven months. Like riding a bike. Yeah. And I was like a little nervous. Like, do I remember the computer? Do I remember where all the liquors are at? Do I remember what ingredients are for drinks coming yeah. from somebody who has bartended for 17 years? Yeah. Like, yeah. I you know, have that like, problem. What is this? Uh, you know, what's our process behind the bar? Like, because really, like me and two other people, like... They showed me, like, the first year how we do it all, and I I made sure every shift, that's how it is, because that's how I like it. It doesn't have to be neat, but it has to efficient. be organized it has to be and efficient. efficient, you know? It has most, to make yeah. sense, you know? The quickest, you need the quickest setup, you know? And, yeah. Yeah, and we literally turned this bar into a, the most efficient thing that I think we could make it, and it was great. We all had an awesome season, and... I tried to, because really no one's other, no one else has been yeah. bartending out there. So I really came in there. It was set up, but not like the way like that everyone who works out there is used to. So I was lucky because it rained. And in between this like two, three hour period of raining, I got to like redo it. Yes. And reset it. And I'm like, perfect. This, I think, is how I remember it, how it's going to go. Yes. And as soon as I got into it, I think by Sunday, two days later, I was back in my own flow, yes, back yes. seeing all my regulars. So many people were coming up to me. Oh my God, Lisette, you're back. We were been wondering if you're going to be back. It was really a good feeling. That's so nice. It really was a good feeling. And it was great to see them too, you yeah. know, to ask how their winter was, catch yeah. up with them a little bit. I mean, it's Memorial Day weekend, so not too much catching right. up, but whatever you could sneak in, right. like when you had a second. Um, but the next, over the next few weeks, I'll be able to catch up with them normally and it'll be great. So really like no craziness. I mean, I did get swamped on Saturday with the 90 person bike tour. Yeah. Tis the season. It's tis the season. And you know, those are always great things to do because you know, you're going to be busy, solid. Hey, that's Memorial Day weekend for you. Yeah. What more can you ask? Yeah, exactly. And, uh. Yeah, it ended out pretty nicely. Monday night was an industry night, and that was good, too. So we love we'll it. see we what love happens. We love an industry day. Yeah, industry, industry day, day is the best day. Because that's, for all of you who do not know, is the day that all the restaurants, servers, bartenders, cooks, anyone who is in hospitality, that could even be, like, let's say, Maurice Piers. Or anyone on the boardwalk. People that work know. in hotels, housekeepers, hotels, exactly. maintenance all, people. All these people who are serving all of the you. regular people, all you, the tourists, you know, 
they're the ones who come out and we all literally take care of each other. Doesn't matter yeah. if we ne- even yeah. never met you. Yeah. If yeah, people When you go to a bar, you're tipping them extra. It's double, like triple. A, it's like people that drive Jeeps that just wave to other Jeep drivers. That's like <laughs> people that are in the industry. It's like, "Oh, you've been through war too, brother?" Like, yeah, me too. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I mean, we like literally you don't and like I said, you don't have to have ever met them. Nope. It is just it's like a super secret code. It not is. sure if any of you who are not in this industry who know that. It's a weird fraternity. But that's true. It's like a weird, yeah. It's a and weird you fraternity. always just take care of all those other people because you know what kind of bullshit we put up with. It bonds you. It's like, it's it's a weird form of trauma bonding. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Oh, did I tell you? I got my first set of regulars at the bar. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's oh. so nice. I feel like a real Aww. bartender again. Young, old? They're, like, middle-aged, but they're, like, so cool. They come for lunch, like, in the middle of their work day. They're oh, just, they're, so like, they're local. Yeah, they're locals. They they're love super it. chill. They've been back to see me, like, four times. Aww. Yeah, they've, like, asked for what days I work so they can come specifically. Oh, I, I know. love that. I know. Oh, this is the best. See, it's, this is the best. Yeah. These are the people that make our day. Yeah. Actually, these are the people that, like, make me want to come back. Yeah, it is true. Like, and, and when we, like, shit on people for being mean to us, no, that's, like, a very small percentage of people. Exactly. Like, most people are super nice and super grateful, but unfortunately, like, with life, we tend to remember the bad things more than the good, which isn't, it's in a good way to balance it, but. Yeah, so, that's very important So when we, that. when we, like, call out, like, one bad thing, like, we don't always call out like all of the great things and like getting regulars as a new bartender at a new bar which i am at a new bar bartending is like it's like hitting a home run you're it like, is you're like cool you're like my first at that you're like swung for the fences nailed it like nice because it lets you know that like you're doing a good job you don't always have like every person you make a drink for or serve be like this is this is good this is good like you're yeah so when you do get those people, it just makes you, like, extra appreciative. Very well said. I couldn't agree more. So anything else important to add this week? I think we covered it all, pretty I think, much. I think we have. If you are not following us on social media, make sure to follow us at mediumadult underscore on Instagram and Twitter. And be on the lookout for our June posts to come out and keep up to date with our weekly podcast. We have a lot of good stuff in store for you guys this summer and some big stuff on the horizon for Medium Adult. And we would love for you all to join us. Hells yeah. I'm excited, everybody. I think I did better. I think you did did so much better. I think you crushed it this week. I think you get the MVP for the week. (laughs) Get it on. (laughs) So, yeah, follow us. And remember, nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody knows what they're doing.